Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawk fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. And uh, a couple weeks ago, Keith, we did a uh, an NFC uh, look around the league as far as um, ranking the top uh, NFC teams. And we thought we'd come back in a little bit different this time. We're going to look at the Seahawks AFC opponents in this year's schedule. Welcome in. Yeah, um, it not only are we looking at the schedule, but it's not a it's not a nice schedule. Um, yeah. When you well, look at the NFC opponents, make and break. I was going to say this is a make and break kind of a schedule uh, if we really break this down because we talked about the NFC West possibly the chance to go five and one in that uh, in our division, but this is really where you kind of uh, yeah. make the playoffs or you don't. Yeah, so they're gonna they're gonna do well in the division. We know that they're gonna do well against some of the NFC teams that they're gonna play, just based on who's on their schedule. But the AFC teams that are on the schedule are the ones that you really look at and wonder, um, you know, can like that's gonna be the test right there because this is a tough yeah. um, group of teams that yeah. uh, I would argue too that the uh, the NFC. Um, North, a, or excuse me, AFC North, which is the division that we're playing this year, is really crowded. I mean, it, it's it's probably the best division in football, uh, top to bottom, um, this this season. And and then plus the second place team out of the NFC uh, AFC South, sorry, 
uh, the Titans is, is on the schedule. So we'll, we'll go through them. Mm-hmm. Um, the first game out of uh, this schedule uh, in the AFC is against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday, October 15th. Um, and the Cincinnati Bengals are a good team. I mean, last year they went 12 and four. They're a powerhouse. And well coached, um, good uh, underrated defense, uh, great offense, great position, skilled group. Um, and they, they have a number of different ways they can, they can kill you, uh, on, on their offensive, offensive side of the ball. This is one of those games, Keith, to me, looks like it could be a high scoring affair. Agreed. Um, this is one of those where it's going to, you know, we'll see how um, Seattle's defense has progressed because uh, they're going to have to slow down um, that offense. And that's a really tall task. Yeah. I mean, uh, Chase, uh, Jamar Chase, wide receiver, mm-hmm. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. You've got backups. They they drafted the uh, the, the kid, uh, Andrea uh, this. Um, underrated kind of guy and Charlie Jones as well. Um, and then they've got obviously quarterbacked by Joe Burrow. They've got Joe Mixon. Um, they, they drafted Chase Brown. They've got Travion Williams. Um, their tight end groups is, is, is Irv uh, Smith and Drew Sample. Um, decent run blocking now. They're, that used to be their weakness. They've upgraded that over the last couple seasons. Their defense is, uh, like I said, underrated. Um, and they're looking to get into the Super Bowl out of the AFC, which is ultra competitive and very good at the top, you know, with the Bills and Kansas City. And I think Cincinnati is right there, like the third best team in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, that's really what it, uh, you said the third, I mean, they're a Super Bowl contender. They're really are. They're, they're just, a, they're a good team. Like I said, they're a powerhouse. Um, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. They were close last year. Um. Yeah, just a very good football team and um, a very tough challenge for Seattle. Those Seahawks do get them after the bye week, so the coaches will have an extra week to put together um, a game plan and hopefully make something that yeah. uh, come up with something that will work that you know Burrow and company haven't seen before. We used to be afraid of ten a.m. games. Uh, Pete Carroll's uh, dispelled that. Um, you know, from the from the Mike Holmgren era and and the eras prior to that, uh, so we're a good traveling team. We're good in the mornings um, for the most part. It doesn't seem to impact wins or losses necessarily. Um, what do you think about this game, Keith? What do you have an early prediction? I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's hard. It's that, hard, it, it's, it's way too early for that. But um, uh, that's this is one of the tougher games on the schedule. And they also play Philly later in the year. I mean, this, that that's where I think it is. Like, mm-hmm. this is um, it may be the toughest game on the schedule when you look yeah, at it. That's why I look early and, and just say, I'm probably penciling this in as a loss if I'm going to do my um, prediction show, you know, as we do the 1st of September. Um, this is, a, a even after the bye week, it's on the road, but it's this, it's a, currently on paper a superior team. And it's one of those things where if we're clicking, on on offense and we can outscore these guys mm-hmm. and that's the way we're going to win i think because our defense i don't believe it has what it takes to slow these guys down i think we can slow them down i just don't think we can stop them yeah, i don't know if so, anybody can stop them yeah so this could be a you know plus 30 points on each side game and uh 
last man standing, last drive, you know, could be could be the, the thing that gets uh, whichever team over the top. Okay. Second game that we're going to look at, again, is a formidable roster to me, especially with a, a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns. Um, Sunday, October 29th, again, um, a, a team out of the AFC North and probably the second best team in that division, um, I think. Uh, and, and you could argue Baltimore possibly, but Cleveland to me has um, to lose as far as being the second runner-up in that division uh, to Cincinnati. And depending on how Watson plays, Keith, I, it really is dependent upon him. They could be in the battle there to take that division. That's how good the Cleveland Browns, I think, are this year. Some people might not view them that way, but they do have a really solid roster, and they had a great um, offseason. Yeah, um, they do have a solid roster, and and they've had a good offseason, but we've been saying this about Cleveland for a few years, and they keep underachieving, and I don't know, like, what's changed that's going to get them more out of the talent that they have. Like, um, I mean, I get that hopefully Deshaun Watson has a good year. I mean, it'll be his first uh, full season in three years. Um, But we'll see. Um, You know, there's a lot of regression that can happen over that much time. And I'm not as concerned about this game uh, in part because it's at home. Um, but yeah, that's a, I mean, it's a good roster. We'll see if it actually lives up to the quality that's on it. If they can yeah, and that's always, that's always it. been the case. That's always been the case. I mean, Kevin Stefanski is the, is the, um, is the head coach. Jim Schwartz is the defensive coordinator. I like Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they do have a great defense. To me, it is a matter of if their offense clicks, and and they've got the tools and the weapons to do it. And um, it was it, yeah. At home, I think that you tip in favor of Seattle, but again, this is one of those games where it could go either way for me. So the very next week, um, they're on the road against Baltimore, which is a team that um, has improved. Uh, I think this off season. Um, Mm-hmm. in part because they'll get their quarterback and hopefully get him for a full year. Uh, whereas last year they they um, were without him for quite a while. Um, but, the, you know, great defense, as we know, um, explosive offense. Um, Lamar Jackson is an absolutely special player. And it, it was very, very difficult to stop. And it's one of those things where, you know, we get to this point Right at we're right in the middle of the year, uh, and can Seattle not let Lamar Jackson beat them by either committing everyone to stop him from running and giving up uh, stuff over the top, or being too passive and letting him just run all over them? Um, it's a very difficult uh, game for them, but I don't know if Baltimore's offense, given their you know receivers and whatnot. Um, can keep up with Seattle's. Yeah, I think that, yes, that is correct. I do think that this is a transition year for Lamar Jackson coming after that injury, um, where I think you're going to see how good of a pastor Lamar Jackson is in 2023 because um, they've given him some weapons there. They brought in Beckham Jr. Zay Flowers was their draft pick. 
I doubt one of the better wide receiver options out there, undersized, but yet shifty and fast um, as another weapon there. And, um, you know, their defense is, is good. I like Patrick uh, Queen and uh, Raquan Smith, um, you know, in the middle. Um, pretty decent back end. So I, I see us winning this game. Um, but, man, um, are they the third best team in the division or are they the first best team? I mean, I think a lot the second proved, best team in the division. There's a lot to prove there for Lamar Jackson. Um, got that big contract. I mean, this um, is an, a, a, an MVP player. Yeah. He won an MVP a couple of years ago. So I don't know how much he has to prove. He just needs to go out and. Well, after the help. injury is what I mean. After the injury, um, people questioning him. He was questioning the team, you know, as far as negotiations were concerned this last offseason. And I think there's there's some stuff there that's unresolved where I think they he wants to come in and show that he's going to be that that guy, that quarterback again. Now, he's had a couple of subpar seasons, and everyone has questioned his passing ability since he entered the league. Um, and I think this will be one of those transition years for him where he, he steps back, back athletically a little bit, doesn't try to run all the time and and completes uh, you know throws instead for third down conversions and that'll be the tale for this team I think it goes as far as as he does um, which is always the case I think when you have a premier quarterback like that mm-hmm. okay uh, the the second place AFC South Titans are the next one on the schedule um, where does that come I'm trying to look all the way down at week sixteen on week the road 16. On Christmas Eve, honestly, I'm not big on the Titans this year. Uh, find me a wide receiver whose name someone will recognize. I'll wait. Oh wait, yeah. you can't. Um, and you know this is uh, a transition year. Ryan Tannehill will start the year. At some point, he'll lose his job to Will Levis, who will go through his lumps. Well, so so check this out. This is okay. So. I wanted to talk to you about this specifically out of this uh, show, which is a couple different quarterbacks that may be available uh, by the end of training camp um, that didn't make a roster. One of them is Malik Willis. Yeah. Um, the, the, the Tennessee uh, Titan uh, looks to be now their third uh, quarterback. I can't imagine they, they cut Tannehill out of camp and go with Will Levis as the starter or Malik Willis as the backup. Oh, no. It can happen. But what I'm hearing is that the, Will Levis. The roster they made. They made Will Levis is, um, is, may not make it through camp. Like they, the team is like, okay, he's super athletic and whatever. And he was a project, but that he hasn't made um, any strides and that he does not look like an NFL player. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always scary when you hear that out of many camps, but yeah. And the same thing was said last year, Malik Willis. Remember he was going to be the everything quarterback in the draft last year. We didn't think so, but there was a lot of people that hyped him up as being a first round prospect, et cetera. And you know, flashed in college, but but in, in, you know, against poor competition and it proved out last year. What I was going to say is if there's going to be a quarterback on that roster that's made available because he's cut, if they don't carry three quarterbacks, it would be Malik Willis. And and would there be any interest to develop a quarterback like Malik Willis on the roster? I think there would be a lot of interest to develop a quarterback. I don't know if Malik Willis, I mean, he's really young. Um, so that's that's something that you could go with and see maybe we can we can 
we can do um, what Tennessee couldn't, and that's teach him um, and that kind of stuff. But we'll see. Uh, the fact that the, the Titans are giving up on him this quickly to me says some, that something's just not there. Was it an opportunity cost for Tennessee to draft Will Levis where they did? And, and so it really didn't matter if Malik Willis was on the roster. They just took advantage of a player and, and top player on their board. I mean, I think it was one of those things where they were looking for a, um, a long-term, uh, answer because they know Tannehill's not that. And they believe that Levis is a significant, um, upgrade over Willis, um, so that's why they drafted him. I mean, it made a lot of sense for them to to take uh, Levis, and he's a great fit for them. And uh, the fact that he dropped that far is kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, he's the guy going for it. I don't think Malik Willis has anything to do with it. Yeah, I don't really care for their roster very much. I, obviously, I love Derrick Henry just along with everyone else in the league. One of, one of my favorite backs, but he's got some wear and tear now on him. And um, they they tried to lessen the load on him. Uh, Taishi Spears they they drafted to kind of be their third down back, receiving out of the backfield kind of guy. Hassan Haskins is still there. Um, and on defense, they you know they've got Jeffrey Simmons, Keith, and that's it. I mean, really, you go down up and down their roster. That's the mm-hmm. only guy I recognize uh, as far as a name. Uh, very good player, uh, a defensive tackle, but he's only one guy. So I see us handling that game pretty pretty easily, really. Yeah, the, um, the the team the team that that was the number one overall seed in the AFC a couple of years ago had a great defense, um, great defense, great running game, and and Tannehill had to do just enough. Now the defense is decimated, um, and the, their quarterback's going to have to throw them into games, and that's just not what yeah. Tannehill is capable of. Agreed. Or or Levis or Willis. I mean, they don't have any real good options. The other guy I was talking about, um, quarterback wise, that may end up getting cut out of camp would be Dorian Robinson, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, yeah, out of UCLA. Um, yeah, no, he's there out of Cleveland, and he's behind D- Deshaun Watson and Joshua Dobbs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, currently on the, on the depth chart. Now, if I was Cleveland and I saw enough out of Dorian Thompson Robinson, I would keep him over Dobbs, but. Joshua Dobbs is an interesting athletic quarterback as well. If he gets cut, it, he'd be an interesting name to keep an eye on too. And then Kelly yeah, either, back into their roster as well. Either of those guys would be um, an interesting addition to Seattle as a developmental project um, behind the Geno Locke combination. Yeah, but not in place of Locke, at, yeah, at least no. at this point. Not at this point. Yeah, okay. So Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, that's the last, uh, team on the schedule Sunday, uh, December 31st. So right after that, uh, Tennessee game and, um, Pittsburgh's interesting. I mean, they're, Could, they're basically going with Kenny Pickett as, as quarterback. Yep. Um, uh, good team, no quarterback. Um, yeah. they're, they're the AFC San Francisco. And Mitch Trubisky's, you know, backing up again. Um, but yeah, Kenny Pickett. They have expectations, honestly. This this is a roster that where they expect to get in the playoffs, um, and I don't know how. Uh, they're the they're the fourth team out of this division. Um, I don't see them being any better than a fifty fifty ball club. 
uh, 500 club, um, just based on the fact that they just don't have that quarterback. And I don't have any confidence that Kenny Pickett is the guy. That's gonna when was, them. when was the last time that Mike Tomlin coached a losing team? Um, Oh, that's right. He hasn't. He hasn't? No. So all of his recently, years in Pittsburgh, they have been 500 or better in so recently, every single year. In a, in a couple of uh, different coaching rankings, uh, Pete Carroll was left off the top 10, and Tomlinson and, and Mike Tomlin, and both of those were ranked uh, third overall as, as the coach behind Belichick and Andy Reid. And, um, if you're going to use legacy as a, as a, um, a method of evaluating coaches, Tomlin's got a great legacy as far as being a good coach, but he hasn't coached a good team in a long time. Now they may not be, have a losing record, but they're not good teams in, in weakened divisions, I might add until recently. And, um, and, and to leave Pete Carroll off that list. I believe completely without Homer glasses on that Pete Carroll is the top five coach in this, in the NFL, just based I don't know how, on how he could on, not be on that list. Just That's based crazy. on redeveloping and reinventing himself over and over and having teams, uh, you know, completely change roster wise over the years and still maintain a high level of play and, and being playoff team last year. And when you just, nobody expected that. And, um, it, yeah, to leave him off that list. So anyway, I went off a little bit. Tomlin, for sure, a good coach. But I, I think that, you know, he's, he's probably, for me, one, one notch below Pete Carroll. True. I'm just saying that he seems to always get more out of that team than is expected. Because for the last few years, um, at once Roethlisberger's decline was obvious, and then now through this quarterback transition, there's been no, I mean, nationally at least, there's been no expectations for Pittsburgh. Like they're, they're the fourth best team in that division. You know, they look like a six-win team. And then they won nine games and made the playoffs last year. Um, and that is what we seem to get um, year in and year out from, from Pittsburgh. They're not elite. But man, they sure win a lot of games. They you'd think they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So, what do you think about their defense? I mean, they got Keno Benton at defensive tackle. They That's still have help. T.J. Watt, Cameron Hayward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Alex Highsmith, uh, Joey Porter Jr. They drafted. They had a good draft. They had you know, I thought, I thought Nick Herbig is the guy they drafted later on. Corey Trice, the, the cornerback, I liked as uh, kind of a bigger uh, corner in the later rounds. Darnell Washington the tight end. Um, so yeah, interesting. I, I just think that this is, this is a game you got to win. If you're Seattle, you know, Seattle's expectations are 11, 12 wins playoffs, uh, you know, but first, first round by who knows. Right. So Mm -hmm. the expectation level in Seattle is higher than it is in Pittsburgh. You got to go get this game. This, this is a situation where if you're going to get to 12 wins, you got to win this game because there's too many other games on the roster that are toss-ups and if you're favored at all you got to get you got to go get this thing so yeah um the that pittsburgh game you know second to last game of the year they play arizona which should be the easiest win ever um the following week but that 
you look at the games right before that, that's a stretch of like six weeks where it's really rough on Seattle. Mm-hmm. And they have got to get that those last two, I think, because you're going to have a stretch of games in there where if you're three and three over it, I think that's pretty good. San Francisco, uh, Dallas, San Francisco again, Philadelphia. Ooh, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a four-week stretch right there where it's brutal. You could lose all of those games. Yeah. Or you could win all of them. It's, it's uh, going to be really tough though, to, to win all those games. But if you can go 500 in those games, I think that's Yeah, it, and so that stretch is, is, is pretty rough. And then, you know, you gotta you got to get you got to get out of the whatever. If that cause makes you look like you're in a slump, you got to get out of that against Pittsburgh, so that way you can get that win, get the win in against Arizona, and go into the playoffs. Um, you know, not, not with momentum. Again. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. We're going to do our prediction show, and, and that stretch right there is to me is the is the toughest stretch in the in the um, in the season, and it it comes fairly late. I mean, in you know the end of November all the way until um, mid-December mm-hmm. is, is oof, that's tough. That's going to be the tell, I think. Um, okay. Out of this schedule, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, what, how do we do? I'm going to say three and two. Yeah. So uh, loss against Cincinnati? Yep. And then one other one. And loss either against Cleveland or Baltimore and then take yep. Tennessee, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Right. I think we take Tennessee, Pittsburgh, we lose to Cincinnati, and then we take one of the other two and lose one of the other two. We split them. I have to uh, say, if we win that game against Cincinnati on October 15th, this is going to be a special season because we've got LA, Detroit, Carolina, New York. We could go 4-0 at the bye. And Cincinnati, if you win that game, you could be 5-0. and and from there, you could win the next four or five. And you could end up going into San Francisco game on November 23rd with one or two losses. Mm-hmm. But I'm just talking ceiling. That's the best case scenario for me. Um, and that that Cincinnati game is going to be huge at that point in the season, October 15th. Yeah. Um the other one thing that does change all of this discussion is injuries, right? Um, if Joe Burrow picks up an injury and can't play in that game, Seattle better win it, right? Trevor, Trevor Simeon's behind him. Uh, you know what I mean? So uh, the idea that that oh well, you know they're they're a better roster, so they're you know going to we don't know what who shows up, right? What if Joe Burrow is, is hurt and um, and. Geno Smith is hurt, and we have Trevor Simeon versus Drew Locke. Then whichever network is showing that game <laughs> is angry. And those are, you know, bad Denver players of the past, correct? Yes. Yeah, both, both bad Denver starters. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful for Drew Locke. I, you know, I just don't want to see him get an opportunity because that means Geno's hurt. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. So I think it's time to just kind of leave this thing. Let's get out of here. Um, a little short of, uh, as far as time's concerned, oh, you know, it, it's, was, was really long. So yeah. Last, 
two of our last three. So, and this AFC look, it's kind of an awkward look, but it's kind of show you do this time of the season. You take a little closer look at the particular subset of games and so forth. And, and so it was a fun show in that respect, but we're so far away and removed from really these things even mattering that, um, it's, it's, it's a tough show to watch. So if you hung with us, thank you. Um, and, and make sure you stick around, uh, for the next shows in, in the series too, as we ramp up and we get closer to training camp. Training camp is literally only two weeks away, Keith. That is crazy. I know it's, it's, uh, it's a fun time of the year. We don't have too far to go before we're talking about real football, which is the objective of all of this. So, um, until then you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. The show is... Uh, on your favorite podcast platform anywhere. Just search for Seahawks Playbook Podcast as well as our YouTube channel and uh, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you get uh, every show in your feed every week. So until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.